0: I'm not going to, you know, preach at somebody. I'm not going to tell them what they ought to do. It's just, yeah, I I see what you're going through. I I, I, I um, want to enter into that space with you, whether it's you know grief or uh, some tragedy or some need, and just know that you know there's somebody out there that cares for you. And if it's meaningful to you that I'm offering up prayers, then I'm happy to do that. But not to not to do it in a in a way that's maybe threatening or uh, comes across maybe too strong. Hey. So I live down here in California and uh, born and raised in this great state. Um, I am married. I've been married for 30 years to a wonderful woman named Valerie. Uh, we've got four kids. Two of them are married and we have three grandchildren, so excited to enter that phase of life. Um, and then two teenagers still in the house, uh, junior and uh, sophomore in high school. Um I teach math at a public school here in Modesto and this is my 26th year of uh, teaching. Most of it's been in uh, private schools,
1: but the last four years have been in a public school and really love where I'm at. So that's uh, that's me in a nutshell.
2: Well what um what platforms are you on? Do you have a preferred platform?
1: Yeah, Twitter
0: is is my jam. That's where I spend most of my time. Um, I'm on Instagram a little bit, but not enough to really do much with it. Um, once in a while, I'll put something on there just to have a little presence. But yeah, Twitter is is where I spend most of my time. Uh, I haven't figured out all the Snapchat and TikTok and all those things for the for the youngsters, but uh, Twitter is where, where I'm at. Uh, I used to be on one of those other unnamed social media websites, but uh abandoned that uh a year or two ago and have been happier ever
1: since I moved away from that uh that place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hector, do you remember where you first came across Kirk?
3: I I don't. Uh and I think we were talking about this a little bit uh when Kirk recently was in Seattle and so we got to chat. Uh, So forgive me, Kirk, if if we talked about this and I forgot. But I know it must have been on some thread or it may have been in the mass call um, that we were a part of with uh, Sarah was actually in that call as well. I think. No. What
2: was the mass call? I don't know anything about that.
3: There was a huge video call, which is how the DM group that, you know, this is funny. This is actually the first person from our DM group that we've uh interviewed and, and had a conversation with and so no uh I don't remember here's here's what we're gonna do we're gonna cut all this out uh <clears throat> I do not remember <laughs> I do not remember uh how Kirk and I met. But Kirk do you remember?
0: You know that that's the thing I wish I wish there was a way to go back and find like the first interaction you had with a particular person on Twitter. Right. I would love to know like what was the first thing you know i liked of somebody's or the first thing i responded to uh because it all just kind of blurs together at this point and i don't even yeah and time is so weird now anyway to try to figure out
1: you know dates and stuff like that um yeah i wish i knew um i have no idea somewhere along the uh the raging
0: waters of twitter we just kind of jumped into the stream and into the flow and there we
1: were so yeah yeah
2: well the the first thing that stuck out to me that what I remember like when I went oh who is this guy is um when your prayer journal picture came across because prayer is um what is the way that like I find is easiest to care for others online and so when I saw somebody else doing it I was like oh I want like I'm gonna pay attention um to this guy, figure out who this guy is. Um, and so you, you ask people if you can pray for him online. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit about that. When did you start doing that? Um, why'd you start doing that?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> well,
0: it, you know, when I grew up, I, early on, I think like a lot of people got that, uh, acronym AX in my mind for prayer, you know, adoration, confession, Thanksgiving supplication. And that was always kind of my, my, uh, Approach to prayer and the supplication part, praying for others, I always found a lot easier than than praying for myself. As I look back, I probably spent more time praying for other people than than myself, and I don't know why that uh, came about. But that was just always kind of my approach to it. So when I did get on Twitter, and one of the things I noticed right away was there were a lot of people who you know, would say, "Can you pray for me?" and and uh, and I, I I'm sure everybody's like this too. If I don't if I don't do something about it right then, if I don't pray then, um, I probably won't. My memory is um, not as good as it used to be. Uh, and so I you know, always wanted to to at least pray right then or at least you know tell the person, yes, I'm gonna pray for you. And then of course, nobody likes to to hear that they're gonna be prayed for and then wonder, I wonder if that person's actually ever gonna to do it. So um, it was probably, yeah, it was probably December of last year. Um, when I would see these requests and I would try to figure out, you know, how am I going to remember them. And um, there was somebody, I can't remember exactly who it was, I, uh, um, who I had mentioned something about a neighbor of mine and 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 she said, yeah, I'll pray for your, your neighbor. And she showed a picture. She'd put his name on a post-it note and put it up in a refrigerator. And I thought, oh, that is so cool that she would do that, you know, and and hardly knew her, but she was, you know, willing to pray for this neighbor of mine. I thought, oh, that's a really good idea because at first I would, I would just um, in my little daily planner write down you know the person's name in the class. and prayer request. That was fine, but you know flipping around all these pages and stuff was was a little bit of a pain. So um, yeah, it was like in December, middle of December, I just went to Target and went to the journal section and you know found the cheapest little journal I could find. You know, I'm not into the you know fancy moleskin stuff. It was just, oh, that looks like a nice one there and uh, picked it up about, okay, this will be a good way to actually, you know, be able to write things down, and then remember to pray for them, so that was kind of how it got started.
2: I'd like to know who that posted prayer person was, that's kind of, that's kind of neat.
0: Yeah, I I think it was, I think it was Amy Nix, I'm like 95% sure she was the one, um, and I wish I could go back and you know, still have that, uh, that screenshot of, of when she did that, because like I said, that was really the inspiration
1: that oh, I should just start to write these down and and, and do that for people. So,
2: so um, here's you. You said you're a math teacher. Um, what what I want to know is like what super spiritual qualification do you have in the area of prayer?
1: <laughs> uh, just about as much as anybody else, which is. Um, none.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, this has been really interesting too, is this prayer journal has, has really helped change. I think even the way I pray for people, um, because at first when I would write down, you know, first is a request, and I think I've always been the type that when I pray, I actually kind of am helping God by telling him, this is exactly what I want you to do for this person. And I feel like I have these, like these very long, complicated, Scenarios that I'm telling God about, and when I first started the journal, I would pray that way for people. And and once you start to get a lot of requests in there, first of all, that that's a very time consuming process, and it's kind of a draining process to do that. And I thought, you know, what if I just take these requests, these these concerns, and just bring them before the Lord, kind of tell them, say, hey, you know. Sarah you know needs a job, and you know Hector is you know trying to make this decision and just bring these before the Lord and say, "God do something about this mm-hmm. um, and it it really helped me to see that it wasn't so much my um, my desires being fulfilled or my plans or what I thought was the was the right thing to be done because I can imagine God listening to those and Sitting back and smiling and saying, Yeah, that's that's great that you think that's the way to do it, but I've already got another plan. But thank you for your suggestion. And it just, it really kind of released me to be able to say, you know what, God, I'm gonna bring these before you. I want to faithfully do this uh, because these people have, you know, very, very important needs. But I'm gonna trust that you know exactly how to fulfill them. So it sort of transformed the way that I prayed. And and to be honest, i you know, I'm not one of those who has really Elaborate, flowery prayers. I mean, if I was asked to pray publicly, it would be very short, very concise, and that's it. But that's just me, I guess. And but it's really helped me to see that that that's okay. That I don't have to to use tons and tons of words and give God lots of direction. I can uh, I can just bring those things before Him and and, and trust that um, He knows exactly what to do.
2: A friend of mine, her dad says, "Let God be God all by Himself." One of a- One of the things that I I really like about praying for people, particularly through using on social media is that it's like, there's this space between us where it's like, I, 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 we both understand that I can't solve, I can't solve these things for them. You know, somebody might ask me to pray about getting a job and they're in, you know, Kansas. I can't get them a job in Kansas. And so we, you know, we place it in front of God and we say, you know, we're, this is the request. And just, we, we are going to look to you for your guidance and for you to act, And so it really puts it on, on God to, to show up. And then the people are looking for him to show up. And as somebody, you know, I I think a lot of people are prone to try to fix things. They want to fix things or they'll call it just prayer. I guess all I can do is just pray. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, like that's a, that's an actual thing. You don't have to write it off as just only, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the value that, and, and really as we, as the people of God being able to come before God, like that's such a, like an honor, right? Like if we, we actually really knew what we were, or if we, not if we really knew, because I think we know, but if we reminded one another that like when we are praying for one another, this is what we're doing. We're coming before the God that we believe is the the most high, right? The uh, the mighty God, the one who can do something about it. And we just get to bust in that throne room and say, Hey God, by the way, you know, there's this thing that I just I want to remind you about, you know? And if we understood the weight of that, I think that we, we would do less of that. Well, I'll just, I'll just be able to pray about it. that's all I can really do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it reminds me too, that, that oftentimes we do want to, we want to do so much and, and it makes me question, do we really trust the Holy Spirit to do his work? Yeah. Like I think about, um, you know, the whole idea, you know, you bring, we need to bring people to church, you know, you need to bring them to church so that we can, you know, do this, we can do that and have a kind of elaborate plan set up where, Maybe it's just, you know what, I want to take Jesus to people and and living a life before them that demonstrates the the fruits of the spirit. And then trust that, you know, what the Holy Spirit can do exactly what he needs to do exactly when he needs to do it. Um, I don't have to step in and do that work for him. I think sometimes we get very um, caught up in our agendas and our plans, and it's almost like a way of saying I don't totally trust that you're going to do this on your own, God. So I'm going to come alongside and help you out. When that's such a silly slash arrogant way to approach things, Um, but yeah, just like you said, Hector, just coming before the throne and just bringing that before God and saying, you know, I have absolute faith. I have absolute confidence in you. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know where or when or, but I do have that confidence in you, and I can give that to you, and then just rest in that and not feel that I'm. I'm not carrying that burden of, of answering the prayer myself. Now I might be sharing that burden with that person as far as, you know, the carrying that concern for them and, um, you know, walking through the situation with them, but I don't have to be the one to have the plan to fix it. Um, now if God does call me into a place where I can tangibly help, obviously I'd want to do that. But like, yeah, like you're saying, Sarah, if it's somebody that's far away where you don't have that you know ability, uh, to necessarily do that, to trust that, yes, God, you're you're going to do this in your way, in your time, and and I'm going to give this to you, and and really trust you. Uh, so I think it kind of reveals a little bit about our theology sometimes, the way that we pray as well. Um, we say that we trust God, but
1: how much do we trust Him when we pray and then try to take it back by answering to ourselves?
2: So can you um tell us tell us some times uh, that that this has shown, like shown off God at work?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, one, one of the things that I, I,
0: I've done is, is early on is when I would um, you know pray for people is uh, follow up with them at some point. So I thought, well, I want to know kind of, you know, what's the end of the story. And so I would write the request down, leave a little bit of space and then, Sometime later, depending upon the nature of the request, just send him a message and say, "Hey, you know um how'd things go how how's uh, how's it going how you feeling et cetera et cetera." And I remember early on, there was somebody who had a request that uh, was very concerned that he was going to lose his job, and just things were really shaky at work and and he was just really feeling like
1: I don't think they're going to keep me around
0: here. And so I said, hey, well, let's, let's pray about it. And so we prayed and he messaged me back. So I said, well, you know, how's it going? Do you still have a job? He says, he says, you won't believe what happened. He says, my boss called me in and I thought, oh, no, you know, this is it. This is when I get the, you know, you're out of work speech. And he said, my boss said, you know what? Um, we'd really liked having you here. And there's actually a position that's a promotion that we'd like to offer you. And so here he went from thinking he was going to lose his job to going into his boss and getting promoted higher salary. And it was like, as we look back, it was, you know, we were praying, just God, just keep the job. You know, we had these very low expectations, like, you know, that's all we want just to, just for him to keep the job. And yet God had much bigger plans uh, to give him a promotion within this, within this company. And so it was just a good reminder to me that even if we do think we know what the answer. Uh, should be, Uh, sometimes God has an answer that's even far greater than that. So that was really, that was really neat. And just to rejoice in that,
1: in the unexpected that, that God does sometimes.
3: Yeah. I, I'm curious, that was one of the things I wanted to ask is where, you know, where you'd seen kind of uh, the longevity of this and, uh, the follow-up and because I know I was one of the people you followed up with for uh, one of the times that you've, you prayed for me. And so I, I personally have benefited from your ministry of prayer, you know, of uh, and the follow-up and, and really coming alongside people. So that was uh, very, uh, it's just good for me to hear a good story come out of that. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. And that, that's really surprised me too. That was one of the things that I had not expected was how meaningful that follow-up would be with people mm. um, and and that's been one of the, the the cool things is is to you know and usually it's maybe a week later sometimes if it's a next day thing and the next day or whatever but um you know just to just to reach out to people and I was so surprised at how uh, grateful people were and so people so we'd be able to respond with oh you know, thank you so much for for remembering. It was like people put a prayer request out there and kind of almost forget about it. And then just that, you know, follow up later and hey, I've been praying for you. How's it going? Um, has has just been so, uh, it's just been so neat to see how that really blesses people and encourages them. And, and even in the times, you know, and there's been so many times where, Know, um, the request hasn't gone the way that people wanted, and and to write those in in that journal has been difficult. But but even in the midst of that, just that encouragement um, of following up with people and say, hey, I'm thinking about you, praying for you. How's it going? Regardless of of, of how it uh, of how things end, uh, that's been really surprising to me, just about how meaningful that can be, and it just reminds me that when we do, you know, say that we're going to pray for somebody, that that means a lot in that moment. But then to come back later and to say, "Yeah, I've been praying for you. How'd that work out? How are things going? Can I continue to pray?"
1: That uh, there's something powerful there, and that's been a great lesson uh, that I've seen that I've seen as well too. Do
2: you have a concept of of who is responding to you? Do you have a concept of whether, like, do you expect these are all people with faith? Does it seem like a mixed bag, or do you have any yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a mixed group and and I'm not sure exactly how you know Twitter's algorithm works and who this gets out to. And I know different people will retweet that when I put that out, but um, there have been people, and in fact, one of the one of the uh, friendships that I've been able to to establish on Twitter is with somebody who is probably in, I don't know, I'd say more of the progressive or post-Christian um, place. And I remember uh, praying for this person, for a family member, and and their response to me was, um, you know, you're one of the few Christians I feel safe asking for prayer. from, Because I think sometimes when people ask for prayer, the response they get is, you know, maybe a lot of toxic positivity, like, all right, God's got this and it's going to be fine, blah, blah, blah. And that can be very damaging and, and harmful to a lot of people who are maybe coming out of church spaces and, and have had some different experiences. But it was just, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for, you know, for your family member and, and uh, you know, and then follow up later. And there was just something about that that was very, I don't want to say disarming or um, just she felt safe. And I thought that was a great, that was a great um. Encouragement to me, you know, when she said, "You're you're one of the few Christians I feel safe asking for prayer from." So uh, yeah, so there's people, and I, and in fact, there's even people I know who were, probably call themselves atheists, uh, who've uh, you know asked for prayer or good thoughts or whatever the terminology they use, and 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 I've always gone into it again with that approach that I'm not, um, I'm not going to you know preach at somebody, I'm not going to tell them what they ought to do. It's just yeah. I, I see what you're going through. I, I, I um, want to enter into that space with you, whether it's you know, grief or uh, some tragedy or some need. And just know that you know, there's somebody out there that cares for you. And if it's meaningful to you that I'm offering up prayers, then I'm happy to do that. But not to, not to do it in a, in a way that's maybe threatening or uh, comes across maybe too strong, which I think I realize that uh, is easy to do. In Christian spaces, especially with a lot of the language that we put around prayer, um, you know, especially when we are so uh, overly optimistic about the results. You know, um, I've never responded to a prayer request with, you know, Romans eight twenty eight. God's going to work all things together for good. I mean, that sounds nice in theory, but to somebody who's going through a hard time, that's not uh, what they need to hear in that moment. And so, uh, so I think just being a safe person. Um, who really is looking at it not as a um, uh, vertical you know i'm condescending to you to pray for you but on a horizontal level that you know i'm just a friend coming alongside that that
1: sees what you're going through and and wants to show care for you in this particular way
2: i think also i mean they didn't they feel you're safe they anticipate what you're how you would respond and how you would speak to them not because they have watched you and like evaluated how you have interacted with other people that you pray for, but because they have watched you and evaluated your, who you present yourself as in conversations about bacon or in conversations about, I don't know, all I can think of is food things, but <laughs> you know, and they've, they've seen you show up. I know that, I think I've seen you in the Sunday selfie threads where it's just like, here I am. And, and sort of like. You present yourself in a way through the way that you interact with people as somebody who is listening, somebody who is kind, someone who is gentle and joyful, but it's it's genuine, someone who is genuine. You can have genuine joy and still recognize that things are complicated. Genuine joy doesn't cram down people's throats when they're hurting, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's that presentation of yourself on all the days that you're not asking, can I pray for you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think the, you know, one of the, I think we've
0: all seen changes in ourselves through the pandemic in in different ways, but I I definitely think for me, this last year and a half or however long it's been has given me a lot more empathy for other people. And I I think Twitter has been a a, a great place for that. to interact with people, you know, my arena is not the um, theological hot takes and the controversy of the day. I mean, I can get sucked into that, but I just find that I don't have the emotional energy to put into that. Now, there are those that do, and God bless them. And there are some important, you know, issues that are that are being addressed. But, but that's never where I felt you know, myself uh, drawn to, and partly out of experience. You know, I'm not in the SBC, so I'm kind of observing that from afar. I don't. Have a vested interest there, but I think I've really found with with people on Twitter is just seeing the reality of people's lives and uh, what people are going through and relating on a very just real human level has kind of drawn that out and be more than I, I think it had in the past. Um, and I think part of that too, you know, to back up, I, I said I've been in a public school for the last four years. Coming out of a private Christian school environment into a public school environment, I think, has been a big part of that, too, is just being among people who aren't all believers, who don't have all the Bible verses, who, you know, live average, normal, everyday lives. um, Seeing more of that, being exposed to more of that, I think, has just given me a different perspective and a very helpful one. Um, Because when I hear people say that, you know, you're an encouraging person, it's funny to hear that because... 10 years ago, I would never have thought that people would say that about me. I mean, I've, I've got a very heavy, you know, sarcasm uh, bent. And, um, you know, I, for the people who remember Jerry Seinfeld and, you know, his line about something would happen, he'd say, oh, that's a shame. That was kind of like how I have seen things a lot in the past. But but I can definitely see how God has has softened that part of me to where, yeah, I do want to be more understanding of people and yeah again, just come alongside and trying to be a, a source of encouragement, something positive, um, not the you know not the toxic positivity that you know everything's fine that, that I, I think can be an equal and opposite error, but just to just to bring that sort of a presence into people's lives. Um,
1: yeah, so I think there's been there's been changes in me and I've been happy to to, to see that and share that with others.
3: I, yeah, uh, uh, so I've kind of been swirling in my head as we've been talking and, and something you said also that, that just kind of reminded me and helped me to shape it is you talked about transition from private school to public school. I'm curious how, uh, especially because there's, there's a slew of people that are listening to these conversations and some of them happen to be, you know, pastors, church staff. And a lot of them don't. And so I know that you've served, you know, in that capacity um, as a a ministry staff person. And so can you maybe share a little bit about how even that transition into teaching um, maybe has helped uh, shape the the way you approach your interactions with people and and even prayer?
0: Yeah, uh, because I I started off, I was a youth pastor for about five years when I first got married out of college and, um, worked with junior high and college students and then got into to teaching, but it was like saying a Christian school. And so that was, that was always kind of the world that I was in. Um, and you start to realize after a while that you're with Christian people six days a week, and that's not a bad thing. Um, but you just, you don't, Sometimes see how narrow a slice of the population that you're spending your time with, or or that your or that your perceptions of people quote outside the church are really based on a lot of stereotypes or characters or little anecdotes. But you're just never out there with people. You know that's all. That's all I know. that's a struggle for anybody who's involved in in ministry. Um, and I think particularly in the environments that I was in, it was very easy to to have a lot of I don't want to say judgment or um, misperceptions of people and never never get those challenged by actually going out and being among people who, who weren't um, white, conservative, evangelical. So it was really illuminating for me when I, you know, when I first went to this, this uh, public school. I, you know, I knew it was going to be different. I mean, I went from a school that was probably 95% white, mostly upper middle class, to one that's 75% Hispanic, uh, in the most low income portion of our city. And not only the, not only the student population, but even just, you know, people said, Oh, you're going to be working in a public school. And those people are, they're all members of unions and a bunch of them are Democrats. And I think a lot of them are pro-choice, you know, is that going to be the a, a, a right place for you to be? In fact, I remember one of my final, uh, moments on that other, uh, social media platform was a uh, was to observe a discussion that two people were having about me. And one of them was saying, yeah, Kirk, you know, was a great guy. And then he started teaching the public school and I don't know what happened to him. And I remember seeing this and thinking that was weird, first of all, but they almost looked at it as, you know, that was a mistake to go out and teach in a, you know, in a, in a public school and be among, you know, you know, people who weren't, you know, Christians, et cetera. But to me, that was almost more, that was almost more free and it was almost more liberating because I actually got to to see people and and talk to them where they were at and not what I heard other people say about, you know fill in the blank, whoever the the type of people were. So that was just so helpful for me, um, just to connect with people and and hear their stories. Um, And and I found out right away that in fact, the, the teachers that I was teaching with the administrators were some of the most kind, generous, thoughtful, loving people i ever met in my life. And so it was a real uh, change of perspective for me. You know, I hadn't expected that. I thought they were all going to be, you know, angry, anti-Christian, you know, whatever, but that was not the case. And, and I remember a conversation I had with a, one of the other teachers. She, she came in and we were talking she said, she said, now you're a, you're a Christian, but you're not like the other. And she didn't have even a category for Christians who weren't you know of a certain more extreme type and she's like yeah but you aren't like the others and like she couldn't even process that and I said and that was really cool I thought that was a great compliment like yeah that yeah I'm I'm who I am and um so that opened up some some opportunities for conversations and and so yeah I've just found that it's been very very helpful for me um, to be in that environment um, so just to be able to understand people much better, again to get past just all the stereotypes and the mischaracterizations that I had been kind of stuck with before, and uh, now you know I love it. I wouldn't. I don't. I was at the. I was at that same Christian school uh, for back to school night because my kids still go there. This was a couple of weeks ago, and one of the teachers there came up to me and she said, she said, uh, "How's it feel to be home again?" And I didn't respond to her. And I talked to my wife later and I said, you know, I'm glad I didn't say anything because if I would, I probably would have said, this isn't my home. You know, this used to be my home, but it isn't anymore. I mean, I'm in a different place and and I'm happy in that place. So, yeah, I think that's been, I think that was really a place where God laid a lot of groundwork for me. And then once, you know, the events of the last year and a half happened, I, I, I can just look back now and see how how he was really using that to, to really bring out um, a lot more empathy in me, a lot more understanding of people and just a desire to, you know, to reach out and to, to, you know, be a source of encouragement, be a source of joy uh, and do what I can to,
1: you know, to help those around me in any way, any way I'm able to. The, the
2: story you just told, it makes me think that what makes you properly suited for this kind of ministry, this kind of caring for people is that you're willing to look on things that are difficult. You are inviting people to show you difficulty. And that is challenging. It's challenging. I remember there was a moment where this young man that my family cares de- very deeply for just shared a story from his life with me. And it, it broke my heart in a way that I hadn't because I had no idea that this level of brokenness was out there. Mm -hmm. And I remember just, I mean, I, I went in my room and I cried and I, I told, I remember telling God, like, I can't look at this kind of brokenness anymore. Like it just hurts so bad. And it, it felt very clear to me. Like God had responded, like, it hurts me too. Mm. Um, That, and I didn't look away, and I didn't run away, and and so this this ministry of prayer, like on the surface, can sound very much like, I mean, for me, it felt like what when, when I started asking people um, over, a, I'm I also asked them on that other place that <laughs> <laughs> that Kirk left behind, um, but when I started when I started doing it, I started doing it because I was like, well, God, I want to do something, but I don't have any idea what to do. And it felt very just like, well, this is, I guess, a really easy thing to do. It is an invitation to, to hold someone's brokenness in front of you and to help, you know, if, if they have trouble lifting it up, you're raising their hands, you know and you're helping support them that they can offer it up and that's i mean that's i don't think i had thought about that until i was listening to you talk about how you turned to a less careful place you know and and walked have walked into life looking at things that that seem more difficult or seem less pretty and so if you live this lifestyle of being willing to look at the less pretty, that's that's probably what makes you so well suited. And I, I think that that is a, that's not a, like I said, you know, what's your special, super special spiritual qualifications? I think that's something that God works with people on. That's how he made us to be in community. And there was a time I couldn't, I clearly couldn't look upon brokenness and not feel overwhelmed by it and there's still times that people share things with me and I think like I don't I don't lord have mercy
1: yeah yeah there are there have been and not just the, the I mean a lot of people
0: most people you know their requests are right there on the timeline for everybody to see but there have been several times where it's just been through a through a dm and there have been things that are Extremely heavy and complicated, and especially if you have some sort of connection to a person, all of a sudden to find out here's what's going on behind the scenes in their life, it it
1: it really kind of stops you in your tracks. And uh, even if even if it's going to be an ongoing
0: long journey for them, just that just that knowledge that there is somebody who's going to walk that with you even if things don't change right now. But there's such a difference between I have this incredible need in my life and I'm facing it alone versus I have this incredible need and I have at least one other person who is invested in this and walking this journey with me. Just the power of that. And I think that's a very understated ministry that even when we can't be a part of the, quote, answer we can be there with them. And it it reminds me of the passage about bearing one another's burdens. And I think that's where that comes into play. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do my, my best to help carry that with you through prayer, through concern, through checking in with you. And that really is meaningful, uh, to people in a, in a very tangible, real way. And to be able to, to be in a place to do that is, is is something that, again, I don't think I ever really understood, um, until you know until this last year or so and and at times you do feel that heaviness you know especially when when you follow up and you find out that things have gotten worse
1: or things aren't getting better or this is going to be a very very long journey um, you know not everything has the has the happy
0: uh, fairy tale ending um in fact there are lots of there are lots of times in my journal where the Where the, you know, what what I'll write down later is, you know, this person, this person who we prayed for passed away. This situation did not resolve itself. This, whether it's a marriage thing or a family thing or a job thing, there's lots and lots of, you know, lots of difficult uh, stories. And and yet, through that, to be able to say, even though this didn't work out or this didn't go the way that we were hoping, we've been able to develop a connection, we've been able to develop a friendship. And there's going to be that you know place where we can uh, interact and, and where there can be some encouragement. You know, there is really something to that. I think that's where the the whole body of Christ on social media has just been outstanding uh, for all the things that people say social media can't do. I get it, but I'm just more excited about the things that it can do and that it is doing. Yeah. Um, how the you know we're we're doing things now. I I, I, I think I've shared this with you before, but. You know, when you read in the book of Acts about how all these believers would go house to house, day by day, you know, sharing meals and sharing life. And you look at that and think, wow, that 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 was really cool back then. There's no way that we could do that now. But yet we're doing it on social media every day. Now, it looks a little bit different, obviously, but it's not just once a week. On Sunday, we come together for an hour and a half and look at the back of people's heads and give a little greeting and then we're on our way. It's an everyday opportunity to invest in people, and that has been that has been just a, a tremendous gift that uh, we've been able to participate in. So I'm very, in that sense, very thankful for, for what social media has allowed us to do and to connect with people and to stay connected sure. wherever they're at, um, I mean, around the country, around the world, and to offer that up, not just
1: once a week or once every two weeks, but all the time. And I
3: think that's that's been wonderful. Yeah, I uh, well, even I'm I'm just thinking of the way that both of you kind of talked through this of of you know when those hard things were shared or when the um, the prayer request right did not go as expected as you're just saying, Kirk. Um, or even if it did, right? But it's not as if like okay, now that's resolved. Let's move on to someone else. Right. I've seen the interactions that, that you've had with people and I know some of those interactions and, um, but just the, the continual, like that opportunity to continue to be in a relationship, like you're saying, to continue to get together and share meals across the internet. Right. And, um, but just what a, a way to continue in that, that thought and that, the opportunity of being that safe place, that hey, when life didn't go the way that like I asked God to, um, that here's someone to continue to walk that that road with me that has that brokenness and, and that the the when we get together to pray to to God for certain things and they don't happen the way that we think they should. That that doesn't mean that we go, okay, well, I was just praying with you until it happened, right? Because I, well, obviously, right, kind of even like Job's friends, right? Like, well, obviously something's wrong if this didn't happen. So like I'm gonna move on to someone else, but really just the opportunity to say, okay, well, I'm still gonna walk with you. Right. Like this relationship was important for me and the the fact like I value the the fact that you came to me in, in hurt and and heard vulnerability and like meeting just someone to pray for you and uh, just going to continue to do that and check in. And again, I've been a recipient of that from you as well, Kirk. So.
2: I think you touched a little bit about this, but, but maybe, maybe not, maybe you would have a different answer. We always, we always ask people to share with us a time that it didn't go well. Have you had a time in either this, this asking people to, if you can pray for them, or in in an attempt to care for somebody using social media that it, it didn't go well? And how did that go for you? Um,
1: actually, it's, there's no
0: stories of where it's gone wrong, because, because I think the the way I've gone about it is, you know, I'll, I'll put out there that, you know, hey, how can I be praying for you? Or if somebody um, obviously puts out in there and says, hey, pray for this. So, everything I do is kind of in um, response to an invitation. So I don't, you know, I've never unsolicited, you know, jumped into somebody's DMs that, Hey, I've been praying for this for you because I think this is God's will for your life. You know I mean? That's um, yeah. I I think the only, I mean, and these are two silly little things. I think the only two times things have quote gone wrong is one time I had, there were two people who had very similar last names. (laughs) And so I was following up with one and it was the wrong person. And so they were sort back like, yeah, that's not, I don't think you've got the right person. And I was like, ah, oh, dang, it, so sorry. It wasn't super personal, but it was just funny. We laughed about it. And then I realized who it was. And then I think there was one other person who um, uh, had uh, no DMs in their, in their bio. And I just followed with DMs to everybody. And I mean, there's some people who you can't, you know, uh, they've got private accounts and that's fine. But I, I DM this person to follow up and, and they were like, uh, I don't really like to get DMs from people. And I was like, oh, sorry, you know, I didn't mean to step in there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, really other than that, um, it really hasn't uh I haven't really seen anything negative or there's never been any um, you know bad stories or anything like that. So I just think people are they're just at a place where you know they're very appreciative of the of, of reaching out and and I never want to take advantage of that. I never you know want to you know, intrude. And I, even when I follow up with people, I'm I'm just, you know, just asking, hey, how are things going? You know, I've been praying for you. I just keep it real simple. And and that's about it. I kind of let them, you know, respond as they, as they feel led. So, um, because I I guess just because people are accepting an invitation, I think that's important too, is to not, you know, use social media to kind of barge into people's lives. Um, You know, whether it's with, you know, unsolicited advice, which we see often or other things, but you know, wait for that invitation from that person, or at least have that relationship developed. Um, And I think that's an important way to start. We might think we have something to offer to somebody, but uh, we want to be careful not to, not to barge into places that we haven't been, you know, first invited into. So, and, and because of the accessibility of social media, I'm sure it's easy to do that. And maybe with, with good intentions, but
1: yet the impact can be, um, be a bit painful for if, if we're not aware so
2: I think that's a a really good point about the invitation because so much of of social media like and the way people engage they just hop into conversation that's good a lot of the time but there are there's everybody can relate to the the feeling somebody comes in the conversation or like who who invited you like mm-hmm. nobody asked for what you're giving me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who have um, skepticism or church hurt have been hurt because they felt like it was like something harmful was crammed down their throats. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. like it even like just asking can I pray with you instead of I will pray for you let me know or I will pray for you and then I will let you know how I'm praying for you. Yeah. Or it's like um I mean we a lot of people are talking about consent these days. And this is a way, like, can I show you care? Asking for consent to care for somebody um, in that
1: yeah. way. I, I would totally echo that, too, because, you know, I mean,
0: Weird Christian Twitter is very, has a very diverse, broad group of people. And, and even within that whole sphere, there are a lot of people who aren't necessarily in Christian spaces anymore, who've who've come from some pretty... Awful uh, situations. And that's something that I was never really aware of until just these last couple of years is how many people have experienced church trauma and abuse and different things and are very wounded and what a Christian might feel as, you know, oh, this is just you know how I normally am could be very triggering to somebody. And so to have a sensitivity to that is so important. Um, and yeah, that's just been something I've been very much more attuned to, and you know, really getting to know, know a person's story, know where they're coming from. Um, and it, it's okay not to, you know, use Christian all the time and, and use a Bible verse all the time. I think I realize how much we, I don't know if, if if there's any other group that is more prone to little witty sayings and, and you know, pithy um, comments than Christians are. You know, I mean, I don't know that there's a a hobby lobby for any other group in our country that has so many little, you know, trite sayings that we just kind of throw around. And to us, because we're so used to them, we don't think much of them, but to somebody coming out of a difficult church background, those can be very harmful, very triggering. So just that sensitivity um, and, and yeah, being, being in a place where, yes, I've been invited in. And yet, even when you're invited in, you're not the one setting the agenda. You're not the one, you know, being prescriptive in somebody's life now—if they ask you to—that's one thing. But there's very few people who are, you know, saying, "Hey, Hector, would you tell me God's will for my life?" Uh, that that yeah. doesn't happen very often, and um, and yet we think that sometimes that's kind of our our place because we have a thought and well, I naturally should share it and tell this person. So um, so yeah, I think that, and I think yeah, just that sensitivity in general it would help a lot of Twitter interactions. Um, you know, being careful about what we jump into on a thread. Um, are we wanting to just join the conversation or are we trying to steer it in a particular direction? Yeah. And, and along with that too, that I think somebody brought up the, the wisdom that um, scripture is great for starting a conversation, but not necessarily for ending a conversation. And I, I see that more and more. How you know, oh, I've got a Bible verse for that. Let me throw it out there. That should end the, the conversation. We're done
1: when that probably isn't the best thing to do, you know,
3: so. That's good, man. Kirk, you've shared so much good, uh, just practical wisdom. I think, uh, for anyone really wanting to, to maybe start something like this, you know, just inviting people into, Hey, how can I pray for you? Or, you know, conversation at all. Right. And so, I'm, just, I'm wondering if you maybe have any other practical things that you have kind of held on to as you've just continued in this ministry of, of just praying for people online.
0: Well, I, I think I've noticed, too, that you know as I pray for people, you do build some sort of a connection. And then as you continue to interact with them um, in social media and the timeline, there's that, there's that extra piece that you have. I think that helps you understand the person a little bit better. Uh, and I think that's very That's very valuable. Not that you would ever, you know, bring up those things, you know, inappropriately, but just to just to get a fuller picture of a person's life and and where they're at and how nice that can be to, um, you know, not just have that one prayer time, but then, hey, this is a person now I really want to get to know better. I want to interact with. I want to find out more about them. Um, And and I think it just leads to developing those positive relationships with people. Um, so, I think it, it's, it's not only just in and of itself a valuable ministry in the moment, but it can set the stage for, for I think, some really neat ongoing relationships as well. Yeah. And to use, you
1: know, to continue to, to follow up with that and to um, enjoy getting to know people and, and sharing life together. That's good.
3: Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kurt. Uh, seriously, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed getting to know you. Uh, just in our time uh, on the internet and getting to you know meet you in person was was wonderful. And just yes. thank you for your time today. Uh, just really appreciate. I really do. That sounded like I didn't. Uh, I really appreciate uh, your ministry online and and the same. I see still the fact that you're still doing this. Um, you know, year and a half later. Um, or however long you've been doing this, of like, I'm just going to pray for people and invite them into prayer and just continuing to put the hours into a ministry that can be seen as something like, oh, that's not really doing anything, right? You just posted a picture. You use the same picture every time, right? But to to really see that there is a a level of, uh, of impact that is able to be seen um, through interactions with others, uh, and just being able to to see the way that you 've taken something that seems simple and just allowed whatever impact and whatever God wants to do with it happen um, it's just been really wonderful to see you, so
0: yeah well thank you guys and i really I really appreciate the fact that you're using this as a way to really highlight the things that we can do with social media I
1: think that's a that 's a really um, necessary um, uh, benefit that, you know, we can bring to the podcast world.
0: So thank you guys for for highlighting those. And, and uh, I look forward to lots more good episodes hearing you guys and hearing people share and, and just getting more of the, the positive aspects of Social ministry out there. So thank you.
2: Yes, Thank you, Kirk. If there, If people want to find you on Twitter, if you want to be found, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, they can find me uh, it's at Kirk mccall 68 So K I R K M C C A L L six eight. So that's where you can get a hold of me, and love to interact with more people on on Twitter.
2: You should you should interact with Kirk on Twitter.
3: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.